You're listening to Sister Luna Psychic Services, the podcast. This is my accomplice, John Fowler. He's one smart boy. (laughs) Well, thank you. And the main host is Sister Luna, a.k.a. Morgan LeSlay, (laughs) a.k.a. Madeline Starchild, a.k.a. Madeline Wilde, a.k.a. Rosie. Oh my god, how many names do I need to have? Uh, also, don't tell everyone all of my like, true, secret yeah. names. <laughs> Jesus. Her social insurance number <laughs> is... We talk about witch stuff and, I don't know, cops are stinky. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's the episode one name is cops, so cops are stinky. <laughs> I was going to call it... Magic for the Times Part 1, Bitchcraft, but we could call it Cops Are Stinky. I like that. <laughs> yeah, this is a podcast about witchcraft and magic for our times, and our Madeline is our resident witch, and... Hey, yo, <laughs> I'm just out here in my hut, like, you know, waiting to trade you a spell for a goat. Or something. <laughs> I am more of a non-practicing believer in forms of various forms of magic. And so it is Madeline mostly introducing me to concepts and ideas and me learning and chiming in about politics or whatever. History. Probably pro wrestling sometime down one. Yeah, you did use the wrestling name that you made for me in the list of names that you just <laughs> gave right now. <laughs> We're off to the races. It's Morgan Lesley for everyone at mm. home wondering which one of those many names that you listed was the wrestler name. I'm not actually a wrestler. But she will put you down for the count. Probably, yeah. <laughs> So for our first episode, we will be talking about the recent wave of protests in the United States and here in Canada, um, in support of Black Lives Matter. Yeah, I guess yeah, globally now, um, in support of Black Lives Matter and the practical magic Mm -hmm. that you might apply to your protest movement, and also generally why protests are good and why you should do them. Yeah, I feel like we didn't get into, like, broadly why protests are good and you should do them. You touched on it in a personal... Anyway, I don't know why I'm pointing that out. Well, I'll say it now. Protests are good and you should do them. (laughs) And it's going to turn into, like, a Dear Abby. Psychic Abby. Dear Morgan. (laughs) I am looking for a good hex. (laughs) Hex for an X. Yeah, I was going to say, hard to end up with a good hex. It usually doesn't end well. (laughs) Not many people stay friends with their hexes, you know? Their exes or their hexes? (laughs) Both. Speaking of hexes, (laughs) that (laughs) great segue, John. (laughs) That's the subject of 
the very first episode just started out real dark and terrible and then it can only get lighter and more fun exactly. from there yeah i think what i'm gonna end up doing is a short like series of episodes all about magic for the times mm. for the current day and age see if i can get some people on other people besides just us talk yeah. about it but so okay remember when we went to that oh my goodness that was rude computer <laughs> we went to that justice for all victims of police brutality yeah march yeah and you divined a sigil for the event well i used a pretty i think common method of creating sigils where you take a word or like a phrase and write it out and then you try to like basically squash all the letters together into one symbol until mm -hmm. it's right but it is a bit intuitive i guess it's not quite like automatic writing, but you do kind of need to be, I think, like a bit loose with it. Mm -hmm. You can't be like analytically trying to go, oh, how do I fit every single letter from this sentence in here? Because then it'll just look like a million line right. squiggles. You have to kind of let it come to you rather than trying to force it. Yeah. But the one that I made, I'll post a picture of it on the Instagram you can see the letters in it, sort of. Like, you can see the Bs. I used the name of the event as the inspiration mm -hmm. for the sigil. I was going to make it instant karma for killer cops. And then I decided that was a bit dark. <laughs> I mean, it's good, but calling for death is no joke. It's, like, pretty serious business. I mean, certainly if anyone deserves it. <laughs> uh, like, not to, I don't know, support retributive justice in any way, but I think the, like, abuse of authority is one case where it's it's more warranted than often. Yeah. And that's true, and that's why I considered it for a minute. But, I mean, if I'm actually being frank, I was a little bit too scared. I didn't quite want to take on that karma to myself mm. for creating that sigil. Right. Especially because I knew it was going to get really charged up if when I brought it to the march. A hell of an event. Yeah. So I ended up using the phrase, banish police brutality instead. Hmm. And you'll see in the image of it, it looks like you can see the B, um, and then it actually turns into an 8, which is a banishing number, which I didn't realize until after I created it. Also, there's a um, waning moon, which is a good, like there's that mm -hmm. side of the crescent is in it as well. I'll just from... Like the method that I mentioned of kind of taking a word and putting, using like the structure of the letters of that word to help mm -hmm. you create the sigil. And so you 
I guess you created this sigil or you invoked it or you... Um, I think when you said I divined it, divined that was actually it, yeah. probably the best. I think it's probably the most accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it exists. What what does that mean? What is the What can we do with that sigil? Well, it's been charged, like I said, because we took it to the event and our friend Trista ended up carrying it for me because I had my bike and I couldn't drive my bike that slowly and hold the sign at the same time. (laughs) So she was holding it and then when we would go by the line of cops, like in between a road or something, she would be like thrusting it toward them, (laughs) which was just the best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and all that chanting and just so many people and together for the same purpose mm-hmm. and the purpose of the sigil is perfectly aligned with the purpose of the event so it's I think kind it's of the, really charged the, up the energy or energizer bunny of the sigil she was putting the energy into it <laughs> yeah definitely I think she was meant to carry it I was just meant to write it and give it like hand it over to her mm-hmm. Um, but so now that sigil, I think, could be used effectively just for the exact thing that it's, that created it, like that same phrase, that's the use to banish police brutality. Mm -hmm. So I would think probably one of the more useful ways it could be employed now would be as a protective sigil, you know? Banishing and protection spells are very closely related. Mm-hmm. So obviously if you put something that's going to banish cops like in front of your gate of your house, then it's the same as putting a protection from them there, essentially. Mm-hmm. But the difference is that it also can have a, an offensive action to it. One thing I, I am curious about, and I don't know if you would have anything prepared or if you can just speak on it, but sigils in general, um, what are they? How are they used? Because in, when I go to protests, I'm, I guess, wary of the specific, like, iconography that I use because I'm... I think overly cautious about like uh, the message that I'm putting out or um, I guess symbols getting away from me and like there have been um, protests or counter protests where I've gone to where you know someone's hold like handed me an anti-fascist flag and it's like yeah I can hold it and um, I remember one time it was a it was basically a counter-protest against, like, threepers and mm. other, like, white supremacists and um, some... I don't know if he, he was necessarily a chat or just, like, concern trolling or whatever, but he came up to me and he was like, do you know what that flag means? And I was like, I said, yeah, man, I'm, it means I'm against fascism. He's yeah. like, well, are you part of that organization? And I said... It's not an organization. Exactly. <laughs> and, I mean, it has been, and there are anti-fascist organizations that do use that specific symbol, but 
it is, I think, broader than that, and it is a symbol that kind of means different things to different people. And so, like, I guess since that event is... I would still happily carry that flag, but I don't often, like, bring my own signs to protests, and I, like, I don't necessarily follow dress codes or, or anything. Like, it, it's... I'm there to add to the energy. And so I guess the idea of, of creating a symbol for yourself, like, or creating a symbol or a sigil rather, how is that different? And, and what does that mean? What is the history? How is it different than carrying a flag or sign? It's not I guess that I, I, went, really. I went kind of rambling there, but I, I guess more broadly speaking is, is what is the sigil? Like what, what power does a sigil have? And... Well, I'm actually not an expert on sigils. It's something I've started using more recently. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seemed like a very easily applicable bit of magic for a protest, as, like in particular. But to my understanding, a sigil is different than, say, an Antifa flag and, and mm-hmm. your example where you said some people interpret it as meaning one thing and other people interpret mm-hmm. it differently because the sigil that you just created is a sim- it hasn't existed before so it has no meaning to anyone else yet and when you make it when you make a sigil for something it you're giving it that very specific meaning right from the outset so it's pretty clear uh, whether people understand that it's what its meaning is, which they most likely wouldn't, it still resonates with that mm-hmm. because that's what it was created from, right? And in my case, the one side of my sign had the phrase yeah. banish police brutality and the other side had the sigil on it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was very intentional in my oh, part. No. And that, like, I think in general, like, I think very simple messages on, on protest signs are the way to go is, is just say what you mean, don't try to be cutesy. And so that, that your me- like your sign had that message spelled out as well as the sigil, I think was more effective because it was, they could, you know, read the sign or the side of it that they understood and then say, yes, I agree with that. Exactly. Give their energy to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something else, like, why are we talking about, uh, this basically like, you know, black and indigenous lives matter March that we were at when this is like a podcast about witchcraft? (laughs) Because, I mean, I think that you can't be a witch and not care about that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. Like, as soon as you take on that that mantle of, like, I'm going to take up this old way, like, this old spirituality that was nearly stamped out by Catholicism and, like, take it as my path, you're taking on all these, like, centuries of suffering and whatnot that all those people before you that practiced it underwent. So then how can you stand in a place where now you have pretty, like, quite a lot of freedom mm-hmm. and then not, like, stand up for other people who don't. 
And if you're a Wiccan in particular, they have the threefold law. If it harms none, do as you will. But that needs to be interpreted more broadly these days, I think, especially if you're white. Oh, certainly. Well, and I mean, like, like you are a practicing Wiccan, but that doesn't... No, not really. Not I mean, really you're, Wiccan. I guess, yeah. <laughs> I take non, a lot non, from it. Non-denominational but... witchcraft. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the thing is, is like, as far back in time as that purge was, is witchcraft kind of, it, it exists in the popular imagination of both those who practice it and also those who um, want to oppress it. And so certainly like in the, in the 20th century, a lot of like mostly like anti-communist movements have Mm. had some element of anti-witchcraft. It's, I mean, you can, like you can go back to kind of Nazi Germany and, and how much of like um, they folded like traditional gypsy practices or, or Romani rather and or Jewish practices as forms of witchcraft mm-hmm. and then it kind of continued on from there because well there is the... Jewish mysticism is exactly like yeah. they shouldn't have obviously the Nazis shouldn't have been like doing anything that they did including getting saying that oh yeah no jews who practice mysticism or like acknowledge the kabbalah are witches because they're not but it is no. a very interesting jewish um, well mysticism. and the, and the, that is i it's kind of an, an elegant point that i'm trying to make here but that like it continued forward to kind of what fascism sort of morphed into after right. World War II, which was just broad anti-communism, which, um, whether it was in Jakarta or Brazil or Guatemala, had this weird element of, like, <laughs> psychosexual Christian panic. Yeah. Of these witch women are going to, cap like, a lot of, like, castration fantasies yeah. <laughs> among the among the like violent oppressive classes but i also feel and... like vor is like a thing oh where yeah it was like all oh, the sure. witches are gonna it's, eat you yes yeah <laughs> it, it was it was they were all like one-handedly panicking about um these witches coming for their dicks in some way yeah um <laughs> And usually that meant some kind of, it was because, like, the left, you know, kind of no matter how beaten or, or anglicized or, or, like, small it was in a country, would often find camaraderie with, like, the indigenous populations. And so mm-hmm. these indigenous practices, whatever they may have been, were lumped were the witchcraft were the panic and basically the the point that i'm taking a very long walk to get to is that they're gonna call you witches anyway so you may (laughs) as well do a little witchcraft there's Uh, a poem 
by Margaret Atwood that's about a woman who was hanged for witchcraft that was actually like an ancestor of hers. I forget the name. Ha- Mary. Half-Hanged Mary. That's the name mm. of the poem. And so it just basically tells about how she got hanged for witchcraft for really no good reason at all. She was just a woman who had a farm by herself, I guess, and people were like, witch. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the poem, she says, I wasn't a witch then, but I am now. Like, yeah. once they decide they're going to hang her, she's like, okay, well, you know what? I am a witch, actually, then. And mm-hmm. she, like, survives her hanging. Yeah. That's why she was half-hanged Mary, because <laughs> she only got half-hanged. Um, spoiler! Sorry, <laughs> spoiled the poem yeah. for you. But um, I think that's very much the sentiment of what kind the, of you're Those of you expressing. that were halfway through a Margaret Atwood poem from 20-some <laughs> years ago. <laughs> Sorry for spoiling the ending. <laughs> Yeah, just go read the poem. It's a good one, and it's not very long. Okay, <laughs> uh, so J.K. Rowling got canceled, so maybe we can all just read more Margaret Atwood now. Yeah. Right? Uh, we could also all go and uh, reread or start to read the works. Oh, yeah. <laughs> K.A. Alfgate is... It's probably not even the right name. I don't know. The Animorphs author is great. <laughs> uh, yeah, Stephen King, too, posted on his Twitter, like, yeah, fuck you, J.K. Rowling, you're a stupid <laughs> <Okay>. turf. <laughs> <Right>. And <laughs> J.K. Rowling okay. was like... I thought, I thought we were about to cancel Oh, no, we are not canceling yeah. King. He's mm-hmm. the king. We can't cancel him. He's mm-hmm. good. Um, but no, he fully, like, basically Twitter attacked her, and then she said, I'm taking away all the nice things I ever said about Stephen King's books. And he's like, good, like, fuck you. <laughs> they were basically having a Twitter fight, I think. There's a uh, there's another Stephen King who's, I want to say he's like an Iowa senator. Okay. Who's like a virulent, like, white supremacist. Oh, no. Um, and like, I can't remember exactly how he phrases it, but his Twitter account is basically like, no, I'm the one that sucks. Mm. Like, it's, like, not the author or whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably not the Twitter you're looking for. Yeah. <laughs> What's funny is, uh, I mean, this is way off topic, but, like, Graham Linen, who's, like, also British, he... Like, created a bunch of, like, popular sitcoms in Britain. Like, fully started going off the fucking deep end two years ago about, like, turf shit. And... J.K. Rowling would have had to have seen all that. And, like, this dude is, like, despised now. Um, So she would have had to seen all that and been like... Yeah, I'm gonna do that too. Just kill my entire credibility and... <laughs> Yeah, I really don't know what she was thinking. I can't wrap my head around it, but I also don't care. Like, I reread the books one time after I became an adult. I Mm -hmm. stopped reading them when I was a kid. Like, the last one I read was The Goblet of Fire because after that I was like, well, no, these are for kids and I'm an adult now because I'm 14 or whatever. So I never finished them until I became an adult and then I read them all and I was like, yeah, I mean, they were fun. They were good. Like, they're a fun read, but 
they're not incredible, that's for sure. I think it was just, uh, I mean, I fundamentally think having too much money makes you an mm. immoral person, but... That's not even an opinion, that's a proven fact. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, what really, like, set her on the, I don't know, the, the dark path <laughs> was uh, the past couple of elections is she got influenced by, like, hard, hard anti-Corbin people. And, um, because, like, she legitimately, like, she exported labor while, mm. um, like, even after she got some fame and some money, and then, like, but labor has always fucking sucked since the 90s, since, like, basically since, like, post-Thatcher-Reagan, kind of the the liberal parties or like the left parties, whatever they may be, and the white developed world have been right corporatist, and so yeah. um, like she supported the Tony Blair vision of Britain, and not one where like people could feed their fucking family. And it's kind of shocking given her background. I I don't believe that she was. Like, as poor as she was, as the, like, I don't believe her popular mythology, basically. <laughs> I, I'm coming out as a J.K. Rowling truther. <laughs> I mean, I don't have any reason to disbelieve that, but I'm, de- I'm not defending her, certainly not defending anything yeah. she's done recently. Um, and like I said, the books are fine. They're not that great. And in fact, the magic in them is very superficial and mm. pretty disappointing for someone who actually practices to read. And there's a real lack of uh, representation of what magic is actually like in any type of media. It's very rare to find something where it doesn't involve like shooting lightning bolts at your hands or something. Right. <laughs> there's one really, really cheesy lifetime series of movies i think there's like five of them or something it's like a lot Hmm. called the first one's called the good witch's garden i think and then it like keeps changing it's like the good witch is something else each one is different but in that in those her it's actually like very realistic magic even though they're bad movies it's it's just a woman hanging out in her garden it's pretty much yeah that's that's what i know of witches is that's (laughs) What they would mostly like to be. <laughs> um, I feel very called out by that. <laughs> no, but it is. And she just goes around kind of like g- gently influencing people and like being intuitive and saying things mm. to people where they go, how did you know that though? And at one point someone comes into her garden and her tree like grabs onto them but not really, but they like kind of go, oh, this tree is on me, like, right. gross, get it off. And she's like, oh, yeah, that type of tree will do that. And, you know, they're very active for trees. And the guy's like, what? <laughs> it's like, very, it's good. Hmm. It's good, bad. Okay. <laughs> but you're right, it does involve just a lot of her kind of hanging out. Actually, on the Shrieks and Geeks podcast, there was a point that Jared made about how 
forget how he exactly phrased it. It was the episode that you were on, the New Orleans one. We were talking about the voodoo queen of New Orleans, mm. Marie Laveau. Right. Um, and he said sometimes one of the main parts of being a witch or being a leader in that type of thing is just influencing people to make the right choice. Hmm, yeah. Or influencing people to make a particular choice, I guess, would be maybe more accurate. So that's kind of what she does in that. And that's actually, I have a note to kind of back to what we were originally talking about. I think that one of the only ways up until now that I've really used even any part of being a witch for something to do with anti-racist stuff is that I just am really like ballsy about confronting people over things, whether they're a transit cop or a franchise owner or <laughs> whatever. Mm -hmm. um, like I'll pay attention to the situation that's unfolding and I'll like get involved and I'm not afraid of doing that. Like, I guess it's just a, for, like, a matter of will and perceptiveness. Well, and also I think, like, everyone is so, I guess, like, not necessarily coddled, but they're so unwilling to do that. Exactly. In, um, certainly in kind of, like, our modern society, our... our current society, whatever name you want to give it to it. And so to be able to kind of reject those norms, like norms of, of I don't know. Politeness, it seems, kind of. But that's the thing, is like, it's not even politeness, because it's, I don't know, like, being broken. Because, it, like, it's not polite to, it's not actually polite to stand back while someone is being abused. But it is. I would say if you're only talking about politeness rather than righteousness, I would say the okay. polite thing to do is to not get involved. Right, yeah. Like it's a social norm. Yeah. It's uh, rude to go up to someone and like get in their face about something whether that's for a good reason or not. Mm -hmm. That's not the polite thing to do, right? Yeah. Oh, no, for sure. And a lot of people are afraid to stick their head up, right, yeah. above the others. They don't want to single themselves out whereas I just like thrive on conflict so if I can get involved in one I will <laughs> which I think does kind of draw from a tradition I mean you you just mentioned Marie Laveau and a lot of a lot of her power I guess would have been like projection like it was as much as she had the, this kind of um you know, Caribbean or, or, or African roots to Haitian, her practice. Haitian, well, yeah, but Haitian by way of... Yeah. 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 What her actual power was, was in projecting an image that she could do more than she may have actually been able to, like, actually capable. Well, that's always been, a, I don't know, a thing that people have done right mm. they actually lay that out pretty clearly in one of my favorite movies of all time the halloween tree based on the children's story by ray bradbury <laughs> the kind of i don't know he 
He's on he's like the antagonist, but he's also like a key character. Clavicle Montroud <laughs> explains to the trick-or-treating children. You know, people believed that these witches practiced hexes and that they could turn mm-hmm. people into toads and that they could fly on broomsticks and da-da-da, like on and on, all these things. And the kids are like, but they could do this, right? And they would say, you know, they can make hairy warts grow on people, right? Yeah. And he's like, nope. And he just <laughs> keeps... Um, but people thought they could. Mm-hmm. And the that they were wise to make up these like rumors about themselves so that people would leave them alone. Yeah. Um, and I think that actually contributed in a big way to what I was mentioning before, how there isn't really many representations of the practice of paganism or of magic in anything that's like realistic. Yeah. Well, and I mean, like at the risk of going back on a, kind of divergence in this conversation that I think is like a real kind of addictment of the JK Rowling view, like worldview, mm. even in her books is that the magic is that in that is so real and so powerful, but it's, it's, she refuses to let the characters fundamentally change society in any way. Mm, right. Um, like, it's like, oh, yeah, no, we can still let the Holocaust happen because it's not, it doesn't involve our witches or, like... Yeah, the only actual really significant change that happens in the whole world of Harry Potter is that Hermione um, makes it illegal to have house elves as slaves. Like, she manages to get that law passed in the Mm. Ministry of Magic so that house elves need to be paid a wage. Wow. Mm -hmm. And you're going to tell me the hero of this story is Harry Potter, (laughs) not Hermione Granger. I mean, I'd say Rowling says that the hero is it, Harry right. Potter. Like, she she kind of, the way that she talks about Hermione is like a, a troublemaker, like, an, like, an, like a I, I feel like, I feel yeah, like she nuisance. refers like to her I, as like a she nuisance. She has, like, contempt for the character. She's like, why are you trying to change this good, like, slave? Well, she even mentions in the book that a lot of the house elves don't want to be paid and that they're offended, (laughs) affronted by the very mention of that. Jesus Christ. It's true. It's in there. (laughs) The things they didn't put in the movies. Wow. Yeah. I'm sure that there are better books about, like, being a teenager witch out there than those. We just, we're not as famous. So we haven't read them. The J County stands for just, just a Klansman. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to also go into some specifics about some things that I already did and used at protest magic-wise and so that other people could, if they're going to go to a protest, potentially benefit from that information. So as I already mentioned, I made the sign with the sigil on one side and the phrase on the other. If you're going to protest, you're more than welcome to use that exact template if you want. Use the same sigil and everything. I wrote the sign using... I took my mortar and pestle and I got charcoal from my hearth 
in my kitchen, the actual fireplace, and then I took sea salt and full moon water and smashed it, the charcoal up with it all, mixed it together, and used that to paint the sign. So it was really like a diluted charcoal paint that I was using, but very magical, potent stuff with charcoal, salt, and moon water. I would recommend painting the sign with paint first, allowing the paint to fully dry and then painting over it with the charcoal mixture because my sign did smudge quite a bit by the end of the protest. I also made some banishing powder, which I actually didn't end up using because the protest that I went to was so chill. Like there didn't really feel like there was a need for it and I already had the sign and I was already all set up. But I know that's not how all the protests are going. A lot of people are getting attacked by the police. So um, obviously there's other uses for banishing powder beyond, you know, throwing it at the feet of a cop who's being a dick. <laughs> um, it's pretty easy to make too just a few things that you probably already have in your kitchen for a basic powder. Black pepper, cayenne, cinnamon, sea salt. If you can get your hands on sulfur, that's pretty potent addition. Um, there's also some herbal substitutions or additions that you can include. Lilac, hydrangea, laurel leaves. Also, if you see a potion recipe that calls for laurel leaves and you think wait isn't that just what like Caesar wore on his head where am I gonna get that it's bay it's bay leaves you use it for stew it's <laughs> one of those plants that has two names and that again you can mix it up in your mortar and pestle if you have one if not you can just if you're using powdered spices you don't need one just put it straight into the jar and shake it up <laughs> well I think just in general if you're going to a protest, bring water, bring first aid. Yeah. We're fortunate, fortunate enough, kind of, I guess, to be in a part of Canada where the protests aren't big enough that the cops are, like, actively targeting this yet. But you should flush out tear gas with uh, water or saline if you have it. Milk Get the acid. water in like a squirt bottle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like a Gatorade bottle works great as an eye wash. Um, bring like, especially now during COVID, bring sealed water, sealed food to give out to people who may need it. Um, and that, I mean like, Magic in its kind of native form is just medicine. It, it is, it's doing care for each other. And so whether you believe in any of this or not, you are doing magic. You're doing positive energy by caring for other people. That's true. Yeah. Oh, also on the po uh, topic of first aid... Yarrow, if you are, if you can identify yeah. it accurately, that's key, obviously. But if you know what yarrow actually looks like and you can accurately identify it, then you can use that to stop bleeding very quickly and very effectively. Yeah. Uh, and it grows everywhere. It grows everywhere. <laughs> it often grows alongside paths. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great plant to learn to identify because it's everywhere. It's ancient. It's an ancient form of medicine. It's uh, in certain accounts what Achilles used to get some of his immortality. So that's a great one to identify and, and know. It has very soft, kind of feathery leaves and little clusters of small flowers, usually white but ranging in color from white to dark pink, depending on how many minerals are in the soil where it's growing. Um, Another thing that you can make that's good to have on hand for banishing that's easy is black salt. So you can make that by mixing salt together with, again, charcoal from your fireplace if you have it, or you can scrape your cast iron pan mix that in with your salt to give it more of a banishing oomph (laughs) (laughs) the face i made when i was trying to decide what word to use yeah if you got a little extra black ash in your cast iron after you fried up some bacon (laughs) that might be especially good (laughs) in banishing these particular protests. Ah, so good. Okay, well, I think we need to write that out as a full, like, how to banish unwanted <laughs> pigs, like, spell. Um, also, an obvious one is bringing or wearing protective crystals or using them to create protective charms. Some great stones for protection are amber, jet, and black tourmaline. I had a great piece of black tourmaline that had, like, a. it almost looked like it had been shot with a bullet, but it didn't break. Like, it had a circle smash mark in it, perfectly circular, like it had been bashed in. I just found it in, like, a box of mm. untumbled yeah. stones. It was the best. And I wore it all the time. I got. I bought it for myself because I worked the till at Community Natural Foods, which is a health food store. So everybody that shops there is the worst Karen ever. Mm-hmm. And I cried like regularly at that job when I was on the till. And then I got this great black tourmaline and I ended up giving it to another chick who started after me who was going to be on till when I got moved into a different department. Because that was just the purpose of that stone was mm-hmm. to protection from Karens. Yeah. <laughs> Although all, the, crystals all these is, women getting into new age magic or new age practices and um, like organic meals oh, as yeah. their husbands bring in $250,000 a year from selling mineral rights. That... Yeah. That's true. <laughs> I was just going to say actually crystals are a part, like an aspect of my craft that I haven't used much in a long time. Like I haven't bought new crystals for myself in a long time for that reason because the mining of them is often like so horrendous that it's not something I want to support really. But mm-hmm. I mean, whatever. I used to buy lots of crystals when I was younger. Crystals, if you do use them in your practice are like one of the things you do with them is, is you charge them with certain energies. And mm-hmm. one thing we never like talked about is that like, or haven't talked about yet is, is that 
the protests themselves, if you've never been to one, if you don't think it's for you, if you're like me, an introvert, and you're intimidated by going to an event with, I don't know, dozens to thousands of people, depending on what it is, is you will absolutely feel something from it. You yourself will be charged if you are bringing crystals to it. Those will be charged, but there is an enormous amount of positive energy there. There's, if you're like, if you go to one where you're counter-protesting Nazis or if they like show up, then of course there is negative energy, but it's pretty much universally overwhelmed by the positivity and the camaraderie. And um, uh, the, I don't know, it's, it's fun and it's great energy and it's good to go there and it's good to get involved in chants because those are, or at least were, a form of magic. Mm, definitely. Very, very good, very utilitarian form of magic too because you don't need anything mm. for that. Just your tongue. Yeah, it's, it's you're literally invoking something, whether it's solidarity forever or Black Lives Matter or land back to indigenous people or just land back is mm. the, the short one. You're invoking that. You're adding to that energy and it's a, it's like a fire. It's you're not actually giving up your energy to it. You're contributing to it. And as that fire gets bigger, you it grows in you as well. Um, when you chant, when you invoke things, you're sharing experience. And that pool kind of... I'm mixing metaphors a lot here. It's a pool or it's a fire or whatever, <laughs> however you want to envision it. Is this a Ruby poem? <laughs> There's a pool and a fire, and it's, when you go in one fire, and you pop out the and, other, yeah, and then it's you know. <laughs> it's I guess a hot tub. Is what I'm describing. <laughs> oh, Ruby just wanted a hot tub. That's what he was talking about. Uh, one big hot tub for us all. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it is. A very simple form of magic, or if you don't subscribe to that, it's still fun. So, it's a win goddamn win. Absolutely. Oh, I also have a note at the bottom here. Since we talked about banishing powder and protective crystals and herbs and things, sigils, you can combine all of those into one thing like you could easily sew yourself a little bag and put some mm. crystals and some herbs in it and sew it up and draw or embroider a sigil on it if you want but just that's just a charm bag I mean unless you actually like have been trained by a a doctor or a queen or you are like a Haitian person you probably shouldn't call it a mojo hand or a gree gree <laughs> no. but um you could just make a charm bag for combine all those things together into one bit of magic. Mm -hmm. And then that could be something you take every time you go to a protest. When you were talking about if you, if protests aren't for you or like you're scared of going or whatnot, 
And then you were also talking about crystals. I thought you were going to say something about, like, almost like a distance Reiki type of thing. Mm. Especially if you, like, have low mobility and you want to be part of, like, that movement and you can't physically be there, you could always try and, like, project yourself or, like, add your energy to that hot tub without actually going there just through, Mm -hmm. you know focus yeah i mean it's not the same i'm presenting that as an option for if you have no way to participate otherwise yeah no and and like yeah that's definitely good but i dread going to every single protest that i go to like i do not want to be among that many people ever like even outside of covid or (laughs) but every time i go i feel energized um that's worth it you don't have to bring anything you don't you don't have to give anything that you're not willing to give but it always even if it's not your movement if it's not doesn't affect you it helps people to show that solidarity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. contribute yeah yeah well i think there's a lot we're seeing a lot of um crossover of different oppressed groups supporting each other lately especially like last month where it was pride month but Mm -hmm. nobody was complaining like there's no pride parade right what the hell it's like no because everyone in that community is like putting down their whatever their own thing that they're doing for a second to contribute to something else that's Mm -hmm. happening at this moment you know yeah yeah Okay, well, I think next time I'm going to try to get somebody on who actually is like a practicing heathen so that I can talk to them about um, neo-Nazi movements co-opting the iconography from that religion. Because, like, I have only dabbled in that part, like that type of paganism myself. I've used runes a couple of times. There's a couple that I really like, like Othala is one in particular, and that is one that Nazis use now. So that made me pretty mad because <laughs> I've actually used that rune to pretty great effect before. So I do not like that someone might see me draw that and think that I'm a Nazi because I'm not. <laughs> and I will happily punch any Nazi that's within arm's reach of me. <laughs> mm. <laughs> the furthest. Well, maybe not the furthest, but certainly not on their side, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So if you're, if you happen to hear this and you're a heathen, please um, email us. Oh, sisterlunapodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> I think. <laughs> mm. <laughs> or if you have something else, I don't know. Mm. Maybe we will do it. Start doing a dear Abby style yeah. thing. Email Maddie. <laughs> we can do no like no matter a, what you have to say. Readings. Yeah. No, but if somebody had like a qu- imagine if we did that, if people had like questions and they wanted a reading. Oh yeah, what? Yeah, we like should absolutely live, do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Any kind. Yeah. Self help. Q and A. We're here. <laughs> I'm listening. Only John is listening. 
I'm listening. Maddie's giggling. Uh, do you have any sponsor reads? <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by... Satan. No. Uh. <laughs> I was trying to think of a... Okay, <clears throat> hold on. This podcast is sponsored by Blue Lives Farms Premium Bacon. <laughs> Thick cut and salty. Is it salty from their tears when they their McDouble is two minutes late? <laughs> I thought it was an egg McMuffin. <laughs> it's they're all. Yeah. Yeah. They're all facing various fast food tragedies. It reminds me of the guy and when we were in like Revelstoke or something and we stopped at Tim Hortons and so there's like 80 bajillion people waiting in line trying to get ice caps because it's, you know, the only mm-hmm. Tim Hortons for miles around. Yeah. People are driving through the mountains because it's the summer and the, the ice cap machine just gave up. It was like, no, fuck this. I'm tired. I'm, I need to, some time to make some more ice. Yeah. And there was a guy in front of me in the line who was like an an adult man. He was not. He was more than an adult mm. man. He had like a full head of gray hair, mm. but was like clearly a fit, yeah, guy. So I assume if you're that old and you look that good, you probably have money, or else you wouldn't be in that good of shape at that age. Yeah. And he ordered an ice cap. He paid for it. Then he moved over to wait for his drink. Then it was my turn. I also ordered two ice caps for you and me. Paid for them. Then moved and was waiting for them to come. Then the girl comes. She tells everyone, the ice cap machine's not working. I'm sorry. Like, can I get you a nice coffee instead? And as I'm opening my mouth to say, yeah, that's totally fine, this man starts shouting and, like, just melting down in the Start screaming Blue Lives Matter. Pretty much. He just, like, <laughs> lost his fucking mind because he couldn't have an ice cap. And I just looked at him like, how fucking easy has your mm. entire life been that not getting an ice cap is causing you to have, like, a fit? You really have no, like, emotional awareness or control or, like, anything. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Yeah. You're just, like, a huge man-sized baby (laughs) (laughs) and then that guy demanded his money back for the difference between the iced coffee price and the ice cap price which is probably a dollar it's not a lot of money and when they asked me if i wanted my money back i said you know i don't care i don't want to get back in the line to like get this change and she said okay well you just have these potato wedges then which is worth way more than the difference between and I got free wedges for just being able to handle not getting the drink that I ordered (laughs) that's why you'll never be a cop why because I have the ability to not get an ice cap and not cry about it to not cry in fast food lines (laughs) I yell at people who yell at fast food workers like that's the person that I am but that's where most police departments recruit from is just <laughs> uh, they like it's when they say when especially when you're on a call that says like this call may re- be recorded oh that's actually police departments and if you harass the customer service person enough 
then they just give you the badge. Right. They just yeah. call you up. That's actually what police training is. We'd like to let you know you're now a member of the force. Yeah. Now you can pull out your gun if someone doesn't give you the ice cap that you ordered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We probably shouldn't have recorded that whole extra part. Maybe I'll cut it out. Who knows? <laughs> we'll start in the beginning. It's the intro. Uh, okay. Thanks for listening. This is the Sister Luna Psychic Services Podcast. That's Blue Eichel.